What's up, folks at Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey and good old Rocky Flop leaves Gainesville with a 38-14 loss on their uh, SEC resume, but not to be without some early first and second quarter dramatics. But Florida would eventually pull away in the second half and give Heupel and the Tennessee fans the surrender Cobra status in the crowd. Uh, I was front row there in Section E where the recruits were, and it was jam-packed, man. The recruiting section was jam-packed, and I was also out there tailgating before the game with the Harmonic Woods tailgate, which Dan Mullen actually jogged by in the morning on his morning jog. And we even saw Emory Jones' parents walking up to the stadium as well. So overall, man... A good trip for me and a good birthday as well. So, uh, Andrew, I know you were watching at home. I was not. Uh, what are some of your basic takeaways? You f- First off, I guess, before we break this all down. Yeah, first off, happy birthday. Thank you, I thank you. Good. Yeah, good uh, Good win for you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, when you, uh, when you look at this game, you look at it in a couple ways. Um, you always, and, and we talked about this on Friday, you always worry about a letdown from the Bama game uh, and, and the emotional toll, the physical toll it took on you. You know, I know Dan Mullen said they had a great practice this past week, and they probably did. I, I don't doubt that. Um, and from everything I've been told, they did. But it's still an emotional toll when you get out there and you and you see another team that's not Alabama and, and you come out. It came out a little slow, but at the same time, that's been a problem for this team. Um, they've come out slow. They came out slow against Alabama. If they don't come out slow against Alabama, we're talking about an undefeated Florida team. So uh, 261 yards uh, for Tennessee in the first half um, and 213 for Florida, and it was a 17-14 lead for Florida, um, just like happened in the Alabama game. Florida dominates second half, 21-0 yeah. in the second half. Um, 292 to 162 on the in yards in the second half, and, and they dominated. So, um, you know, to to look at it in a general perspective, Florida did a good job. They won 38-14. That's a big win in the SEC. Could it have been worse? Sure, but it it you do have that letdown from Alabama. You didn't lose. Um, you took care of business. You got out of there pretty injury-free. Kyrie Elam didn't play in the game, so you had a, a lot of DBs get some action in the game. Anthony Richardson didn't play again, which was zero surprise to me. Um, and you get ready to look at Kentucky, who's a good football team. Right. Now, 505 yards of total offense. Uh, I, I can't sit here and say that that was a, a really terrible game. I mean, like, if you look at it from a uh, offensive standpoint, I mean, you have – over 200 yards rushing again, which would be the fourth game in a row that Florida has had 200-plus yards or more rushing. Florida now is averaging 3.25 rushing touchdowns per game also as well. Florida's fourth consecutive game this season, like I said, with 200-plus rush yards or more. They're third in the nation in rushing with 323 rush yards per game. And guess what, man? First in the nation, averaging 7.5 yards per rushing attempt. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Florida may not have the best passing attack this year, but if you look at it from the rushing standpoint and just from that standpoint overall, the rushing game is pretty elite. And this uh, this offensive line did have troubles in that first, second half, or second quarter, excuse me. And, uh, you know, you just saw the, you know, Tennessee obviously was playing run defense, and you knew that was going to happen at the beginning of the game. Your, your guys are fresh. Everybody's fresh right at the beginning of the game. They're going to try to do run defense. And Florida did start off kind of hard. I mean, they get to do a three and out with Tennessee. 
And then they come out with a touchdown there. And, you know, you're obviously thinking, good, this is what we want to see, a fast start like we've all been talking about. But then Florida would give away a six-play 80-yard drive for a 47-yard pass that was actually more yards after catch after a uh, missed tackle. I believe it was from Amari Bernie there. And uh, set up uh, Tennessee for a 7-7 tie right at the beginning. And, uh, you know, you complete that with a uh, field goal and a 10-play 45-yard drive. From uh, Emory Jones, man, and now you're up 10-7 to and, you know, exchange punch there. And then, uh, you know, touchdown for Tennessee, a uh, a busted play, I believe it was by Jason Marshall. And you got Mordecai McDaniel trying to run down the receiver, making it 14-10. And everybody in the stands, and I was sitting there, they were they were kind of worried, man. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I was waiting for Florida to pull it off. Obviously, they have the better talent. Obviously, they have the better rushing game, and I thought so. And uh, from then on there, I mean, Florida would, would go into the halftime, 17-14, and then start to wear down Tennessee's defense with the rushing game. And that's what I figured what would happen in the second half. You know, you didn't really see many big pass plays, a lot of just uh, trying to establish the run, and eventually Florida would do that, man. They would cap it off with, like I said, over 200 yards rushing, 283 yards, actually. And Emory Jones, big game here, 15 carries, 144 yards, 9.6 average per rush, man. So, uh, you know, he didn't have any rushing touchdowns, but did have two passing touchdowns, passed for 21 of 27 for 209 yards, a 77.7 completion rating. And we said before this game, Andrew, Emory Jones just needs a clean game. And that's what we wanted, and that's what we said last week. And that's what he did. He pitched a clean game. Zero interceptions, two touchdowns, uh, 21 for 27. That's all you can ask for Emory Jones. And Emory Jones is the first Gator quarterback to have 200 yards passing and 100 yards rushing since 2009. And a certain quarterback by the name of Tim Tebow did that back then. What do you think about that? He was that? pretty good. Yeah, I think he was, right? He's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple ways to to really look at this, um, you know, defensively. Did Florida play good defensively? Absolutely not. It was not a good defensive game. Um, Kyrie Elam being out definitely hurts. This is not a good defensive back group. It just is what it is. They're just right. not. You know, you, you really have – Kyrie Elam, and that's it. You know, Abraham hasn't really stepped up to be the guy yet. Um, Jason Marshall's still, you know, really learning the position. And when I say learning position, you have to remember, he did play a lot of corner last year, but he also played offense and stuff like that as well. So he's still really trying to get adjusted to being a full-time corner. Um, Elijah Blades, just him and Jadarius Perkins are just guys out there right now. Um you know, Florida got lucky a couple of times where, you know, Tennessee couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if it had to. They couldn't yeah. couldn't throw it into the ocean. Um, you, you had uh, the Callaway with a drop on fourth down, um, missed tackles. Um, so there's still a lot to clean up, a, a ton to clean up. Um, Florida got the win. They were the beneficiary of some bad play by Tennessee overall. Um, but there is. There, there's holes. We knew that in the Alabama game. There was holes. Um, Bryce Young just didn't really complete them. Um, Florida didn't get the pass rush I thought they would get in this game. Um, I don't know if that was, you know, a little bit of being tired after the Bama game or, or what it was, if um, Tennessee was just doing a better job up front than they were, you know, earlier in the year. Um but Florida has a ton to clean up. We all know they have to clean up missed tackles. Um, I don't know what it is about this team the last two years. They can't tackle in space, and, and that's a severe problem for them. Um, and, and there's still too many 
guys looking at each other saying who's who who's supposed to guard who can't have that happen you you just you can't georgia makes you pay in those games um alabama makes you pay probably kentucky probably makes you pay here this coming weekend um in that in that so got to clean it up i mean there's a lot to lot to clean up um to go to emory jones i thought he played well and yeah. you know i know people and and David, I hate to call you out. You know, you said the same thing. You I were did. a little worried about it early. And the the thing for me, and I said this to you, and, and, and I'm not I'm not telling people that Emory's great. I'm not telling people that this offense is is great. I think this offense is really good. But we said it at the beginning of the year. This is a different offense. This is a different offense than what we knew was was going to be from last year. This is going to be an offense that is predicated off the run, and the run sets up the pass. Emory's doing what he's been asked to do, and I know would I want to see Anthony Richardson some? Sure, I do. Do I want to see him air it out some? Sure, I do. Because everybody loves the the, the passing game. That's that's what makes football fun. I mean, heck, that's why Steve Spurrier's a legend. Is because he won and he aired it out, the fun and gun. But this is the offense that Dan Mullen is going to run with Emory Jones. Yeah, and uh, you know that was just a birthday random me being in the stands and all that. But uh, yeah, oh, and I'm not calling you out. <laughs> it I was just use you use you as an example. Yeah, I know. Well, it was though. I did say it. Uh, but it, I do think the Emory, if you add Anthony Richardson, you sprinkle him into this offense, it makes it a lot better. Now, I'm not saying that you completely have to replace Emory Jones and make Anthony Richardson starter or anything like that. But I think Anthony Richardson obviously adds a different dynamic to the offense, gets the offense going. He's probably the better, might be the better passer out of the two. But I mean, running a four four two forty, we've all discussed that before. But uh yeah, he'll be healthy actually, according to Dan Mullen in his press conference. He'll be healthy for Kentucky. We'll see if he actually plays. Uh but I think he does. I really do, David, not to cut you off. I think yeah. he does. Um I think this was the plan all along. And you know, I, I know you know, a lot of people wanted him to play in the Alabama game and a lot of people wanted him to play in the Tennessee game. You know now he's a hundred percent. Most strained hamstrings, if you stay off of it, do a good job, 14 days. Well, it's been 14 days. You know, when when it when it comes to the Kentucky game, it's technically been 21 days. Um, so I, I'm okay with him sitting. I know it's not the popular decision, and, and and I'm and listen, I'm not the I'm not a Dan apologist. I'll call Mullen out when when Mullen needs to be called out. I think he made the right decision here. Yeah, I mean, in a game like this, too, especially with a, a team that, you know, obviously is not the best team in the SEC. It's, it's Tennessee. Come on. Like, we've always said it. It's Tennessee. Hey, Josh Heupel's improving. He's improving, yes. I didn't I didn't see him kick a whiteboard uh, at all. I, I was waiting for that <laughs> I didn't that see one. a trash can either. I didn't either. So, hey, uh, Tennessee's on the up. Uh, you know, get rid of the trash can and the whiteboard, and then maybe we got something going here. But, yeah. Garantano still plays for them. He's just disguised as somebody else. So. <laughs> I just want to see Garantano back, man. That's all I want to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's disguised. Hooker and Milton, they're disguised like that. Jeez. <laughs> Neither one of those guys could throw a ball. Like, I thought Felipe Franks was inaccurate. Oh. Yeah. And, and I, I told a lot of fans in the crowd, a lot of them, especially at the beginning of the game, were talking about, man, Embry Jones needs to let go of the ball. And I said, have you seen Tennessee's quarterbacks? <laughs> they, yeah. That's it. The only thing that's going on really was, like you said, the missed tackles. The, the missed tackles really killed us. There were so many yards after catch. 
and so many missed tackles that, you know, I mean, obviously Tennessee scored 14 points on one, or just is one missed tackle by Amari Bernie that was like over 40-yard touchdown. And then you had a miscommunication, and then uh, Tennessee gets open for another touchdown. But then after that, Tennessee wouldn't score a point all games. So Florida's defense, like I said, didn't get off to a fast start. I mean, uh, Florida is giving up more points at the beginning of the game as they are in the second, third, and the fourth quarter. In the first quarter, they're giving up 7.8 on average. Second quarter, elite status here, 1.8 points per uh, average right there. Third quarter, 4.2 points. And, four, and fourth quarter, 6 points. So first and fourth quarter, you know, first quarter, you're still trying to figure out what the other team's going to do. Defense, you know, understandable. Most teams in the first quarter will give up more points than the second, third, or fourth quarter. Uh, fourth quarter, obviously, they're giving up the second most amount of points, which is six, which also, you know, defenses start getting tired, worn down. And if you're blowing somebody out, second team comes in. We saw that here in the Tennessee game. Tennessee got about a 65-yard scamper there towards the uh, end of the game. And that counts as the defensive yards that Florida has given up. But, I, you know, I, I really don't like to count the uh, garbage time yards, but it still counts. And, and Florida would actually give up the most yards it has all year of opposing teams offense. They give up 423 yards this game. So, um, I mean, looking at it overall, I mean, you can afford to give up 400 yards to a team like Tennessee because they're not going to really score that many points. But when it comes down to like the Georgias, the Alabamas, and we saw it in the Alabama game, they didn't give up as many yards, but they were able to score a lot more points than Tennessee was. Uh, overall, man, uh, you know, the defensive stats, the defense wasn't that great. Missed tackles were a big major factor in this game. But overall, there were some good key fourth down stops the defense got that I like to see. A lot of good key third down stops as well. So, I mean, I, I can't really say that the defense overall did terrible. Uh, but they really do have to start improving on the missed tackles because that's going to kill them out there uh, longer down there on the road, especially against those UGA teams that love to run the ball and can't really pass the ball that well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you you want to see that defensive front get a, get a little bit more consistent pass rush um, in, that, um, in that game against Tennessee that wasn't very good. Um, and you started to see a little bit of pass rush being allowed by Florida. And that wasn't uh, wasn't something we were we were accustomed to seeing in the first few weeks. And uh, you know, was that due to Delance and Stuart Reese being a little banged up, uh, Kingsley uh, a little yeah. banged up later in the game? Uh, was that due to that? Maybe it, it might have been. Was that due to Tennessee doing some different things? Maybe because uh, Emory Jones, Damian Pierce, and um, maybe it was Malik after the game. All said, Tennessee threw some different things at them that they weren't uh, accustomed to seeing in practice, and you know, so you get a lot of those things. Obviously. That was Tennessee's championship game, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they want to beat Florida, and they come in, and you know, when you're Florida, you're going to get the best licks of everybody, and and you know, especially uh, rivalry games against Tennessee. Um, you know, again, was there was there some disappointment in the game? Sure, I mean, there there really was, but overall, you put up 505 yards and you did your job, and and listen, you didn't turn the ball over. Uh, through the air, and Jacob right. Copeland had the fumble. Um, and and people get on that, and 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 listen, I understand it, but that was uh, Jacob should have been smarter and went ahead and got out of bounds. But he was fighting for yards. Um, he shouldn't have been, but he was. I I can't get on to him too much for that because you're doing you're fighting for extra yards there. He's doing a good job. Uh, Emory didn't turn the ball over through the air. The running backs didn't fumble. Um, all in all. 
pretty clean game offensively. Yeah, uh, Jacob Copeland, um, I as far as fighting for yards, I'm okay with that. Uh, he just got to learn how to hold on to the football when he does that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you always want to see a receiver give that extra effort to try to get those extra yards. Or unless you're in a fourth down, you need the time situation, then you need to get out of bounds in that standpoint. But, uh, yeah, definitely not mad at Jacob Copeland for that. It's just an unfortunate event. Good strip by Tennessee, though. Got to give your – Hats off to that, because Jacob Copeland's a big dude, man. It's hard to strip a football away from a big dude. So, got to give my props to the Tennessee DBs and the uh, defense for actually stripping that ball. But uh, Emory Jones, through four games now, 67% completion rating, 667 total yards passing plus rushing, 6.5 yards per attempt, five touchdowns now, five interceptions, 127.7 QBR. So, that's all you could really ask for from Emory Jones. He had a clean game. Now his statistics don't look as bad as it did maybe a couple weeks ago when uh, when he was throwing two interceptions per game. But now, he, yeah, zero interception games, zero turnovers. And what about Justin Shorter, man? We said, when is Justin Shorter going to start getting involved, man? And he had three receptions for 50, 40 yards and averaging 18 yards per play. So definitely got to see more of Justin Shorter. And Rick Wells, man, what have we got to say about Rick Wells? Sits there for about seven years there. Finally is a difference maker on this team, has a touchdown, four receptions for 39 yards. And uh, Rick Wells, man, uh, hats off to him, man. Uh, he, he sat for so long, and now he's starting to be, really starting to see how much of a playmaker he's starting to be on this team now. My man's got gray hair now. Yeah, and I know. The doctors agree. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm just messing with you, Rick. Uh, a good game. You know, this is, a, this is um, you know, this isn't an, uh, an offense that, you know, again, you're not going to see – receivers put up the gaudy numbers they did last year you're just not right um you know you obviously you had cope in the what was it was it usf game where you had 175 or was that fau one of the that two was, uh, i can't remember that was fa or, uh, usf i believe i think it was the usf um you know obviously you had that but you know for the most part you had a distribution of catches between a lot of receivers um you, you had nine nine guys catch balls on on uh on Saturday. Um, so you had a, you have a distribution of that and that's by design and that's what this offense is. Again, will this offense look different next year with Anthony Richardson? Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Um, will it look different if Emory Jones returns? Uh, and, and he probably will. Will it look different? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but that's what this offense is this year. Uh, uh, Naquan Wright, really good game. Malik Davis, really good game. Damian Pierce, another really good game. Yeah. One qu- one concern for me, David, and it stuck out like a sore thumb for me all year. Perimeter blocking by the tight ends and the receivers this year is downright crappy. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. It sucks. And that's not that's not a characteristic of Billy Gonzalez. Billy Gonzalez's teams usually block really well. But this team uh, blocking on the edge sucks. I mean, it is bad, bad, bad. If there's one negative about this offense, that's what it is. And that's not a good thing when you want to run the ball so much, but it is bad. Uh, one particular play was a swing pass to Damian Pierce, and I texted you about this during the game. Um, I believe it was Wells and Kamori. On the edge, I believe, I believe, uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe it was those two on the edge. Both guys got blown up before the ball even got to Damian to where Damian was hit as the ball was caught. Cannot happen. You're one-on-one with a DB. Right. Blocking and driving to the bus. 
And, and that's how you get explosive runs on the edge is good perimeter blocking. And, and that's how you get those running backs to the second level, especially when you uh, – this is going to come into factor in the years to come. When you have those speedy running backs like a Lingard or a Bowman, you want to have good blocks on the edge because you can – one good block could take it to the house with those kind of guys that, that's on your offense. I'm not saying that, that Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, or Naquan Wright can't do that as well. I'm just saying when it, it comes more into a factor when you have speedier running backs out there as well. And good perimeter blocking obviously gets you an easy first down. It makes it way easier on your quarterback. It makes it to where he doesn't really have to throw the ball much as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, right it's now. It's an extension of the running game. That's what it is. Yeah. It's an extension of the running game. And, you know, it, it happened last week. Um, I want to say it was Kamori and Ethan White on the screen pass against Bama where neither guy got a block and it, it allowed Malik I mean, it, it made the, – the screen was open Yeah. If, if those two guys get it. And I believe it was Malik that, that was hit as soon as he caught it. But either way, back-to-back games now where big plays were taken away because you were not able to get your job done. And same thing as an offensive lineman, David. It's man-to-man. You beat your guy in front of you. You put a hat on him. Block yep. his effort. Blocking his effort. Do your job. Put a helmet to helmet. Do your job. You want to make catches? Cool. You're earning your money by blocking. Right, and, and make sure you go through all the way with the play and make sure that the play is over with before you stop pursuing the guy that you were blocking. Because I saw that a lot, too. A lot of guys quitting, thinking the play was over, and the play wasn't over. <laughs> and the guy, the Tennessee guy is just running the guy down. Uh, but, I mean – we could go I, like I really want to talk more about this offense right now, but I gotta I gotta give some shout outs to this defense, man. Look, what about Trey Dean, man? That guy was everywhere in this game. Eleven yeah. total tackles, five solos, uh, just tackle for loss, one point five, just all over the place, man. I have nothing. I I remember seeing zero the whole time I was on yeah. one end of the sideline, and you know where I'm sitting, you can't see the other end of the field. So you're right near the tunnel, so you can't see the other end of the field. But every time I look up at the TV, man, Tennessee would be taking off the ball, and Trading was right there trying to tackle or make a tackle or got a tackle. So I have to give my hats off to Trading there. Mohamed Ibate had a good game, too. Uh, eight total tackles and one solo tackle. Overall, the defense, three sacks, seven tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, and, uh, you know, just an overall decent you know, showing by the defense, the uh, missed tackles is what really killed them in the numbers. And, you know, if you start making most of your tackles, say you make 90 to 95% of your tackles, those defensive, uh, the, the offensive numbers for the opposing team is going to go down. I mean, you're giving up 423 this game, but a lot of this is on missed tackles. It really is. Like, without missed tackles, you probably only give up, what, 200 yards of Tennessee? Probably don't even give up any touchdowns. Right. And, you know, this game, if you look at it, could have easily been 14 to 45 if Copeland doesn't fumble. Uh, you miss, you get a couple of your tackles. It could be 7 to 45. It could be 50 to 7. You never know. And, you know, when you look over games like this, you kind of break them down. Overall, you don't feel too bad about it. But when you see missed tackles two games in a row, especially when you know you should be making these tackles, it is a cause for concern. Yeah. And I mean, how much of that? is, you know, um, the miscommunication dealing with not having Ventrell Miller, your leader out there. Um, I don't know um, how much of the um, open receivers was not having Kyrie Elam out there. Don't know. Um, you know, you, you have to improve it. 
it's that age-old saying, and, and I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. Improve from Tennessee to Kentucky. Okay? Continue to improve. That's that's it. You miss tackles in this Kentucky Tennessee game. You got to go to Kentucky on the road. It's going to be a hostile environment. Kentucky's a – I don't think Kentucky's great. I think they're okay. Um, they're yeah. better than Tennessee, but yeah. so am I. So, um, <laughs> Go up to Kentucky, get better. That that's the goal is to get better every week. And I don't know that the team got better defensively um, against Tennessee. Um, I think they had took some steps in some direction and took some steps in the other direction in the other one. But still, take steps, continue to improve, and sooner or later they've got to figure out that second cornerback spot. That just is what it is. Um, yeah. Somebody, whether it's Marshall or Perkins or Helm or um, Blades or, or whoever, somebody's got to step up and take that spot. Yeah, because those the breakdowns that I saw in the backfield – yeah, that that was not good. Especially that uh, that last touchdown Tennessee had. That was one of those ones that you you just can't do. That's a complete miscommunication of Marshall looking back where he should have been looking forward. Uh, and you, instead, you got your safety Mordecai McDaniel trying to chase him down. And then obviously, a receiver is going to outrun a safety for the right. most part. But so. two, as a safety, never let anybody get behind you. That's true. Yeah, you can't let anybody get behind you. And uh, you, you know what? Actually, we saw Jace Chrisman this game as well. Finally, and yeah. actually hit a 47-yard field goal, which looked pretty damn good. So, uh, yeah, hats off to Jace Christman. Finally, we got to see a little bit of better special teams play this game. I mean, what was Tennessee doing? I mean, did the guy not understand he couldn't hit Xavier Henderson on a punt return? Right, yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I mean, that, I was like, yeah, that's a penalty. Jeez, I mean, he didn't even try. He just basically came down the field the whole time thinking, I'm about to knock this dude out. And he did. I mean, he came down there and laid the boom to Xavier Henderson. And, you know, obviously it was kick-catch interference. It was targeting. It was unsportsmanlike. It was everything you could think of in the kitchen sink. But what are you doing? Like, I mean, what? I don't know, man. That was bad. Yeah. In another stat, uh, in what we talked about last week, red zone scoring. Um, Florida yeah. right now is, uh, you know, scoring 83.3 or 82.35 in the red zone between touchdowns and field goals. They're also allowing teams to score 90.91% of the time when they're in the red zone, which is terrible, but it's down from the hundred percent total, which even, which is even worse last week. So Florida did improve in the red zone statistic category as well. I believe every time Florida was in the red zone, this game, they did score. Uh, so, I mean, at least you what come about away. the, uh, Kodak, the, the trick play. Yeah. Yeah. The Kodak, yes, yeah, yeah. I even posted a thing on Twitter that said Trent Whittemore has a better QBR than your quarterback. That's right. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, people were, you know, mad saying, gotta have a trick play, yada, 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 whatever. It's, it's in the playbook. Everybody knows it's coming in. Guess what? They're going to run it again tomorrow, and it doesn't matter because teams are going to bite on that stuff. And I'll say this Tennessee didn't really bite on it, no. um, they bit just enough to allow Kamori to get behind them, but they didn't bite fully. They didn't bite fully. Um, a lot of that is due to the receivers not selling it. Um, but, hey, it's touchdown in the books. Yeah, and I don't care how you got to score points against teams, and I don't care what teams it's against. As long as you're putting points up on the board and putting us ahead of the other team that's in front of them, I, I, have, I do not care. I don't care if you run a triple flea flicker or whatever you want to do. <laughs> I don't care. As long as you can put points on the board – I don't care how it's done. But, yeah, I, a lot of people love that play. I mean, we were sitting in the uh, end zone where it was scored, and, and the whole crowd went crazy after that. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, just overall, I mean, offensively, a, a great day. Uh, over five, like I said, of 500 yards of offense. Florida's offense has moved up to averaging 36 points per game, which is good for 24th in the nation. That's an elite offense, if you ask me. And 400 or 541 yards per game, sixth in the nation, and 323 average yards rushing per game, third in the nation, and 218 yards passing per game, which is 72nd in the nation, which is kind of like right in the middle. Uh, when you're rushing this many yards, though, per game, and you're in the top 10 in rushing, you really don't need to pass that much. You just kind of need your passing game to be a little mediocre, maybe on the average side. You just don't need it to be borderline or just in the hundreds because then, you know, obviously if you can't pass the ball, teams are going to prepare for the rush, and then you have no offense, and then you, you're not passing the ball anywhere. The D-ball's coming. Oh, yeah, when, I, I don't know. It's coming. I mean, it hasn't been shown, hasn't been thrown. It's coming. I don't know when. Might be this week. Might be LSU. Might be Georgia. But it's coming. It's coming soon. Um, and, you know, hopefully they can hit it. But, again, over 500 yards total offense. Um, man, you and I suck this week on picking players. Yeah, I think I picked one guy that was uh, a winner. And uh, you, I picked Zach Carter. I'm not taking a win for it. I mean, man played okay. Got two tackles and a sack. No more um, victories. No more victories. <laughs> I'm not taking it. You picked Brenton Cox. Had some missed tackles. He did all right. Four, uh, yeah, four tackles, two and a half for tackle for loss. I, I'm not giving you a win. If you want a moral victory, hey. Okay. I don't do moral victories, man. Okay. Well, I got to have good. a clear victory. There you go. Um, I, I think where you and I both will get a win, uh, Malik Davis, uh, 45 yep. yards uh, and uh, r- rushing, and then he had the 14 uh, or the seven yard uh, touchdown catch, so two touchdowns. So I'll take a W there. Um, you had Damian Pierce, uh, eight for 62, uh, and then two for uh, two catches for two yards. I'm gonna give you a win there. I thought Damian. Had a lot, a lot of good um, run after contact um, and stuff like that. So um, I'll give you a win there. Um, And then you picked Richard Garage, worst offensive lineman uh, performance on the team on Saturday. Sorry, just is what it is. Sorry. Yeah, watching the highlights of back. And shout out to Lib Gator who breaks down all the offensive defensive plays. Looking back at it, when you're in the crowd and you're trying to watch from the crowd level, you don't really get to see everything until you see it on TV. Came home the night after, watched it, and I said, yeah, picked the wrong guy on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And then I picked Jason Marshall. And, Zero. And, and see, I've been, Sorry. I've been picking Justin Shorter, and finally he has a good game, and I didn't pick him, so – yeah what about that <laughs> not uh not good at all well, uh, oh hold on hold on wait did you uh you picked copeland i did pick Copeland. too you didn't yeah i did i remember picking copeland. okay yeah sorry eh. no not happening but <laughs> there wasn't any sorry there wasn't any big receivers in this game except for rick wells and justin shorter so yeah yeah i, I can't i can't take that moral victory either yeah, no more. <laughs> maybe more, maybe no he had some good blocks, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, I can't take yeah. that one. Uh, some good games around the country, though, man. Some really good games against the country, and some expected uh, upsets too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're starting to get to to that point in the season where you're seeing some upsets. Um, Arkansas, man. Yeah, no, are they man. for real? I don't know. Are they for real? I don't know. They got to play Georgia next week, so I guess we'll find out. But man, 
knocking off Texas A&M, 10 to 20. Um, Arkansas. They dominated that game too, man. That's the thing. If they just dominated that game from start to finish. Uh, I don't know because here's the thing for me, and that is Arkansas isn't as good of a passing team as Florida. Yeah. And I don't know that they respect him as much as they'll have to respect Emory. I don't know. I I personally, I think Arkansas is good. I don't think Arkansas is great, though. Yeah, and you saw Texas A&M at the beginning of the season as well, and they weren't putting up impressive numbers, especially almost having that loss to was it Colorado. Um, right. I don't think Texas A&M is the same Texas A&M they were last year or the year before. So you can kind of take this game with a grain of salt. But, I mean, hats off to Arkansas. After what they've been through, being like one of the worst teams in the SEC West, coming back and beating, you know, being 4-0, and I think it was 4-0 and was the first time they've been 4-0 and in a long time. But uh, just for them to to be able to put off a 4-0 in the SEC uh, and, you know, playing the teams that they have, you can only beat the teams that are scheduled in front of you. So That's I got to right. get my hats off to Arkansas. And they're going to have a tough test this coming week against Georgia. I mean, here's the thing. They do their, they're doing their job. They're a much improved team. Um, number eight in the country. I don't know when the last time they were number eight in the country. Probably the McFadden, um, Darren Felix area. Um, and, um, I mean, it's been a while. So, yeah. props to them. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Bama covered, man. Bama covered against Southern Miss. What a 45 point spread they covered and won 63 to 14 insane i bet you nick saban made one of his friends bet against that spread just so he would show people that alabama can can blow teams out like this so yeah, yeah. That i think nick insane. saban was a little mad this game <laughs> wisconsin sucks yeah they're notre garbage. dame blows them out 41 13 um back-to-back pick sixes they're they're awful whatever that's stupid um they're not good um fsu continues to lose Oh yeah, uh, referee so bored in the game he's eating Skittles. Yeah, I saw that picture out there on social media. Man. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a picture going around on social media of the game of when Florida State lost their 0-4 game that there's a referee holding a bag of Skittles while he's trying to uh, coach the game. So that just goes to show you how bad of a team Florida State is and how bored the referees were during this game. Um, Clemson lost again. Yes. They did. Again. Again. They're out. They're out. They're they're terrible. Um, Oklahoma looked like trash against West Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma's going to lose a game. It's happening. It's They were chanting for the backup quarterback in that game. <laughs> yeah, old Spencer Rattler. Spencer uh, Rattler was coming into the season the number one pick by most people in the country if he came out of school. And they were chanting for the backup quarterback. Yeah, he's the number one boot quarterback now. Uh, yeah. I don't think Emory Jones got any boos this game. So. LSU won. Finally. They're okay. Yeah, they're okay. Man, what a week of football, though, we have coming up. I mean, geez. We're going to start the day with Georgia-Arkansas. Right. Then we're going to go to Tuscaloosa for Bama Ole Miss. And we're going to end the day with the Gators and Wildcats. AP poll will be destroyed after this weekend with Ole Miss probably losing to Bama. We'll see. With Arkansas, Georgia, the loser of that game being, you know, bumped back. Can Florida become the best one-loss team in the country after next weekend? 
I think they can. Will they win over Kentucky? We will see, though, because I, I'm really, really curious to see how Georgia really is, how good they really are. They have to play Arkansas, an up-and-coming team. Georgia, you know, had an impressive win against Clemson, but how impressive does that win look now, considering Clemson is almost knocked out of the AP Top 25? They're sitting right at 25 now, and they don't have an offense. Their offense is terrible. I think their offense is ranked almost in the hundreds. So how good is Clemson really? Uh, you know, Vanderbilt is one of the worst teams in the SEC. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. They might be one of the worst teams in the S- in the nation. I'm not going to give Georgia a moral victory, a 62 to nothing victory over Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, South Carolina, yeah, eh, they don't have a quarterback. The, there's a big thing going on over there. So we'll see what Georgia Georgia's is. doing what they're supposed to do. There's, they're winning games. That's all you got to do. And, I th- and to be honest, I think Georgia has one of the best uh, defenses in the country. I still really do. Even though they haven't played, I guess, the best teams, I still think their defense is, is, is pretty good. Yeah, 100%. Their offense is you know, suspect, I think. Um, Arkansas's defense is good. So we're going to see really what they're made of this week when, you know, when, when they have to face an Arkansas defense is better. Uh, we're going to, we're going to see that. Um, and it's a game that I think most of us heading into the season thought it was going to be a cakewalk for Georgia. Uh, it's not a cakewalk now. Um, it's, a, it's a good game. Um, good schedule. Um, let's see here. And also, a top, top. Holy cow. 18 and a half point favorites, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's eight first two. <laughs> Holy cow. There's actually not. If you look at it, there's two top two, uh, two top 10 matchups. You got Cincinnati and Notre Dame as well. So, yeah. Will, is Cincinnati contenders or, or what? I'll be uh, turning, I'll be having two streaming platforms running at 2 30 and 3 30 with Ole Miss and Alabama and Cincinnati and Notre Dame. So, Florida's an eight and a half point favorite here. Um, Cincinnati's two and a half point favorite. Um, let's go to this Bama game here. Oh, it was Bama fourteen and a half point favorite. Yeah, dang. Yeah, um, I don't know if I take that one with the, with Ole Miss and their offense. Saban doesn't lose to assistant co- former assistant coaches though. Yeah, he might. He, he might. never has. He never, he never has. has. He never has. Matt though. Corral. I, I'm interested to see this. Uh, I mean, it was a. What was it last year? Let me pull this back up. 63-48 last year. Um, you know, Alabama wins. Um, that's going to be a good game. Uh, Matt Corral's a, a, a good quarterback. I've said that from a long time. Matt Corral's a good ball player. Uh, and um, so, I, again, I think that um, – I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good weekend. Um, Florida comes in number 10 in the AP poll. Um, you know, so we'll um, – you know, we'll see where they shake up again. Handle your business. Do your thing. Go. Let me ask you this. So this, this is a it's a question that I think fans will be split on. Do you want to see Georgia lose on Saturday, or do you want to be the team to knock them off? We were just talking about that, and I said I love to see Georgia lose. Don't get me wrong. I live here in Georgia. I would love to talk trash and talk dirt to Georgia fans, but at the same time, you want Georgia to win because if Georgia gets knocked off. The rest of your schedule, you're not really playing any highly ranked teams. When it comes down, you break down the schedule. I mean, LSU is not LSU. Florida State is obviously terrible. They might go 0-12 this year. Um, You know, not really any other big teams that you have on your schedule. And you need a top 10 win over a number two team on your schedule. And, you know, with a close game against Alabama, you're really going to need that Jacksonville game to have them either being, whether they're number one or number two, Coming into that game, you need them to be there. That way, you can make it into the playoff. I mean, if you get to the SEC championship, there's no telling 
where Alabama is going to be ranked or if Ole Miss is going to be up there or if Arkansas, the way they're playing, they're going to be up there. Who knows? But you do need Georgia to be ranked at least somewhere in that top five before you play them in Jacksonville. So I would say if you want to see Georgia lose this week, I'm cool. I'm all for it. I'm not going to sit here and say, no, we need them to win because I don't like to see Georgia win. But you really do kind of need them to win to, to help improve, to get you to in there to the playoff. I'm going to take the opposite. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. When you're in, that's it. One loss SEC team that will go to Atlanta and wins the SEC championship will always get into the playoffs. And you always. also, you, you actually do need them to have an SEC loss because, well, no, technically if Florida wins out, then they only have one SEC loss. But if you have Georgia have an SEC loss, then you beat them. They have two, you have one. You'll win the SEC, but if you beat Georgia and you're tied anyway, you're still going to win the SEC. So, yeah, they'll throw that one out the window. And plus, it's a number eight team. So, if they lose in a close game to a number eight team, how far are they really going to fall? I mean, not that far, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Uh, I don't think it matters at all. And here's the thing. I, I hate Georgia bad enough to say lose. Yep. Lose. Lose. Losing a close Don't care. Game. Yeah, don't care. Don't care at all. Um so to me, it doesn't matter. I think fans will be split because I think a lot of fans will take your take your opinion on it. That hey, you know, let Florida be the team that knocks them off in Jacksonville. And That's hey, right. I, I'm I'm okay with that because game day would be there. It would be an unbelievable, unbelievable atmosphere in Jacksonville. Not that it won't be, even if both teams have one loss, but still. Um, and then I think some people were saying, hey, let them lose. Let them lose. It doesn't matter. Um, I will say this. I want to see this weekend of football. I think we're going to learn a lot about the SEC in general. We're going to learn how really good Arkansas is. We're going to learn really how good Georgia is. Uh, Alabama against uh, an Ole Miss team. You know, Florida was able to run all over Alabama on um, in the game. Oh, yeah. Can Can Georgia throw all over them? I mean, excuse me, Ole Miss, they're all over them. Um, can Ole Miss score like they did last year against the Alabama defense that um, I think is a little bit different? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll really see. Where, where does Alabama's offense do against this Ole Miss t- uh, defense that was not very good last year? We'll see. Um, a lot of good games. Yeah. Cincinnati, Notre Dame, is Cincinnati for real? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think Cincinnati's a better team than Notre Dame because I don't think Notre Dame's very good. I don't think Notre Dame's good either. And you were mentioning Ole Miss and Alabama. Mississippi State, or not Mississippi State, Ole Miss, excuse me, has the number one offense right now, 52 points per game. And Alabama, 46 points per game, number three offense. So it'll be the number one offense versus the number three offense. <laughs> That's Last be time I checked, game. Corral was leading the Heisman odds too. Yeah, he was. I I don't think anybody else clearly would be considering just about every team starting a new quarterback and they really haven't. I mean, like I said, Emory Jones doesn't need to be an impressive quarterback with his rushing attack, but no quarterback really has jumped off the charts except for Matt Corral that I've seen in the SEC. And then actually, hey, who else would be your leading guy? Spencer Rattler's not doing well at, right. um, at, at Oklahoma. Um, nobody from Georgia is really, you know, is there. Their defense is good. Um, Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau is their best player. He's out. Um, I mean, Bryce Young's done well, but I don't think Bryce Young's put up Heisman numbers by any means. Uh, Brian Robinson, their running back, was up there at the beginning of the year. He's not He's not doing anything spectacular. I think right now it is Corral. Um, does Florida State get their first win against Syracuse when they come to Tallytown? I'm going to say no. 
You lose to Jacksonville State, you can lose to Syracuse. And does Miami finally get an ACC win as Virginia comes to town? I don't know. Both teams are awful. Are they, are, are they going to put the turnover chain out there, man? Because I've, I've heard. I've, are I've they going to have enough players? Because everybody's wanting to transfer out of Miami. I've heard that fool's gold helps you win games. There you go. Manny Diaz, the report out there is that some boosters want Manny out. So good luck. Yeah, You're right. not getting Mario Cristobal. You can't afford Mario Cristobal. Good distraction, too, by the way, for, the, for that game. Okay. I'm all for it. I can't stand Miami and their trash and FSU and their trash. I told you this through text. The best thing that could, that referee could have done was put out some crab legs, man. You're right. Yeah. That's exactly so, right. So, yeah, one I mean, thing. My Falcons did win. Yeah, I did see that. I saw that. And they will not use Kyle Pitts, and I'm ready to slap Arthur Smith up there. Dude, you drafted him number four overall. You didn't draft him number four overall to be a freaking blocking tight end. Throw the ball to the man. I have him on my fantasy team. I need it. And then New York. Throw the ball to Tony. Yeah, I know. How how do you get these first round draft picks and then you don't utilize them? You pay them all this money, but then you you don't even utilize these guys out here on the field. Ask so. Jacksonville. They just traded C.J. Henderson, another first round pick for the Jaguars traded. Yeah, that just happened. What about an hour ago? A couple hours yeah, ago. Yeah, traded to the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Yeah, so crazy things in the NFL. And and actually, if you want to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, they're going to need Kyle Pitts to block because that offensive line is atrocious, man. Uh, their offensive line. I, I need Kyle Pitts to catch. Passes, man. Blocking doesn't win me fantasy football points. And yesterday was not a good day for me because AJ Brown went out for me. Tyler Lockett went down for me. We're gonna pick up my first loss of the year in fantasy football. Thanks, Arthur. Thanks, Dan Arthur. Quinn th- Dan Quinn would have thrown him the ball. Um, it's a good thing I don't play fantasy, or else I'd probably be crashing and burning. So yeah, I, I'm not the best NFL guy out there. So uh, if you want me on your fantasy team. I will be in the loser's bracket in about, what, three days? <laughs> hey, I have a toilet bowl trophy because I, I traded everyone at the end of the year last year to go uh, um, to uh, get the first pick. And um, we're doing a keeper league. My first pick was Najee Harrison. <laughs> oh, boy, that turned out good yesterday, Najee. Najee picked up some points for your boy here. Big week for my Atlanta Braves, too, my man. Well, Clinch that. time. Philly's coming to town. So big week, man. I, I'm Jack, man. I am. I am absolutely Jack for a great weekend of football. You and I on Friday. We'll we'll talk this Kentucky game. And Kentucky's played Florida close. They really yeah. have. Florida's been um, fortunate. I don't want to say lucky because they they did what they had to do. They've been fortunate not to lose more than one game uh, the last few years uh, from this uh, to this Kentucky team. Uh, Kentucky, this that place will be rocking on Saturday night uh, for that um, for that big game. It's a six o'clock game. Weird time, by the way. Just a weird time. I mean. Yeah. Can't watch the rest of the Alabama Ole Miss game because of that. Just weird timing overall. And have Arkansas and Georgia at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, or, well, yeah, 11, no, it'd be 12 o'clock. They're not playing in Arkansas. So 12 o'clock. Um, weird, weird games, man. Weird game times. Yeah, it is weird game times. And you know what, too? What's funny is I looked at the rest of the schedule after the Kentucky game and after all the good games are gone. Auburn and LSU play at 9 o'clock. So if you want to see another. should have lost, by the way. Yeah, they should have Georgia State. We didn't even mention that they should have lost, and it was Bo, apparently uh, they they benched Bo Nix. Bo Nix is out. T.J. Finley threw the game winning, and T.J. Finley transferred from LSU, so um, he'll get um, that game's at Baton Rouge too, right? 
Uh, looks like it. Yeah. I yeah. Think that so is, TJ actually. Finley will have to return back to Baton Rouge, face his old team. So, um, good football, man. I, I'm pumped, man. Football season is, you know, really, really, you know, in the thick of things now. Um, you know that your cupcake teams per se are are over with. Um, the SEC, you know, will really showcase how good they are this weekend. Um, I think you can make the argument that four of the best teams in the country are from the SEC, and that is Georgia, Arkansas, Florida, and Alabama. Four of the I would say top eight teams in the country, um, outside of really Oregon. Um, you know, Iowa, I just never trust Iowa. They always seem to lose a game in October and November that they shouldn't. Um, yeah. Oklahoma just isn't that good to me. I'm, I don't care what anybody says. Notre Dame's Notre Dame. Let them get to the playoff. They'll get shellacked by whatever SEC team they play. And Cincinnati, we'll see. We'll see. Luke Fickle, um, he's, I mean, he's got a good program. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, yeah, oh, Notre Dame hopefully will not make it into that playoff because that'll be a waste of a playoff spot for everybody. I'm just tired of watching it. That's the thing for me. I know people will say, oh, he's just a hater of Notre Dame. I mean, I don't like Notre Dame, but I'm just, I get tired of watching them get shellacked in every game they play in the playoffs. It's it's pointless. Right. I, I'm sure they're going to lose a game. I, I, I'm calling it. They probably will lose to Cincinnati. I'm going to call it right now. They're losing to Cincinnati. We won't see Notre yeah. Dame in a playoff. No, we won't see Notre Dame. All right. Sign us off of here, buddy. Let's get out of here. Let's get to rolling. We'll uh, be back Friday and break down some uh, kitty cats and gators. That's right. A big slate of games this week in the SEC. And like you said, we'll find out who the men are from the boys this week. And uh, Florida will travel to Lexington, Kentucky to take on Stoops. Always a close game when they play Kentucky, usually for the most part. But hopefully Florida can squeak out of here with a victory if it is close. And hopefully, for the fans' sake, it's not even close at all, and we we blow them out. So, uh, for Andrew Spivey, for David Soderquist, sign it off here. You can follow me at GC on Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at GC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast.